passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports betting info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get in to the action. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash. I'm here with former legendary point guard Eric Snow and my brother, Tasia Dash. Guys, how are we feeling? A week a week out from the draft or a week past the draft. How are you guys feeling about uh, draft night? Doing good. Doing good. good. So, can't complain. Can't complain. I, I, like, I like what we... What we I like what we got out of that draft, but I will say, on the t- at the time when we were picking, there was a lot of guys that I would have been happy to take at that at that moment. But we, you know, we talked about getting a, a get, bringing in a veteran that could help out right away, and uh, we we did that, and we'll, we'll get into that on the show today. But um, yeah, you almost guarantee the guy we got is going to play a lot more minutes than the guy we would have got. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So a lot of things uh, to talk about in the show. Obviously, we kind of mentioned uh, DeAnthony Melton there, but um. Before we get into that, uh, there's a couple of things I just wanted to throw at you guys. Um, so a report came out today that uh, the Sixers will be rolling out the old school black jerseys that Eric Snow and Allen Iris and Aaron McKee made famous back in the day. They will be rolling those out in the next few years, not this coming season, but maybe the, the season after. Um, I, honestly, that was my first Sixers jersey was one of those jerseys. So I'm obviously excited to, to have that come back. But Eric, what are, you, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think that's that you, you think when you think of franchises, you think of certain uniforms, certain things that come into mind. And and that uniform, even though it's not the traditional color, um, colors rather, but it should always be in rotation. Like that's the one uniform that's like a, a signature of a, a, a certain time of good times for the Sixers. So I think that like that is up there with like the Sixers red with, with, with Doc and Mo and those guys, I, I kind of see it like that. So I think that those jerseys should always be in rotation just from a um, enthusiasm fan um, standpoint. Um, and then a marketing standpoint, I think that, you know, you people, you think about the different ages of the fan bases, you know, those two jerseys, those colors will always bring back great memories to, in my opinion. Mm. 
And we, we always talk about the last time we, we, we went to the finals and the Eastern being the Eastern Conference champs. Who was wearing those jerseys? So maybe we bring that back, get some good luck going in the. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. Sure. Hope they can finish it off though this time. Yeah. <laughs> about time, man. I, I love those jerseys so much. Now we can stop going to knockoff sites. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I think my first jersey was actually in, in a hand me down from you. My, my, uh, my Black Allen Irish jersey was a hand me down from yep. you. Yep. Now I grew it. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the uh, champion jerseys. And I hope the, I hope champion starts making the jerseys again. You know, I, oh, I, man. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's happening anytime no, soon. Not. But no, there's too many contracts. <laughs> too many contracts for all that. I don't think Nike gonna let that one go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so within the last few weeks, we talked about the rumors going on. Um, and obviously just overall NBA news. Um, the Brooklyn Nets have been kind of a lot of drama going on there. Obviously, stemming from the season, there was drama, and then now there's there was more drama. But now, now we know Kyrie's opting in. Uh, but for the last two days, everyone's kind of you know hesitant. Was KD uh, and Kyrie going to go, or are they going to stay in Brooklyn? And um, still, there's some people out there in, in the Sixers world who think that KD may want out. I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. But so there's a question that I saw online that um, if you could get KD, but the only way to get KD is to trade Maxi, would you do it? Me? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like I don't I don't understand like these questions. Like we say we want to win a championship, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like how can you say you want to win a championship and then you got a chance to get Kevin Durant? And you say no. It's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Like, come on now. Now, now, if it's jo- now, now if it's Joel, then I think maybe you gotta kind of like, uh. I don't know where he's at in his career. I, I understand it, but no, and no one else on the team can can hold up a Kevin Durant trade. Even if you say Maxie's going to be a twenty-two to a twenty-five point scorer, I still say it's a no-brainer. Like I, I, am firmly. I mean, Kyrie just did the opt-in, which actually might. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because you know we we could just slobber over this for a long time. But with Tobias's contract being an expiring next year, when it's a one-year deal pretty much, might actually work in our favor because if Kyrie says next year, okay, now give me my money and my long-term deal, and let's say, no, no, we're still not doing that, then he might actually want out because at that point there might be a team. I think the Lakers actually will have some more free freedom. Um, maybe they'll take him, and then, and then we'll have the, uh, the assets to do that with uh, Tobias's expiring and Maxi. And Thibault. Yeah. Um, I will just say, so this this was a poll question online from um, Philly Sixers Nation. Um, and the question was, is Maxi untouchable for you, even if it got you KD? Uh, 14,000 votes, and the vote is 50-50. <laughs> so uh, Sixers, the Sixers world is pretty uh, split on, the, on uh, giving up Maxi for KD. <laughs> You know what that is? That's that's the Sixers, Sixer fans being so snake bitten by all the bad draft picks we had that Maxi finally was one that hit. So no one wants to sell on that anymore. It's like we we went through the Noel, the Okafor, uh, uh, the, the Fultz. We got Maxi. We're holding on to him. Mine, 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 mine. It's like that. But come on, man. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't I don't understand that at all. Like we <laughs> we on this show we saying whether Maxi would be better as a starter or a six man, but then you won't trade him for one of the best players in the league and the ever play in, the, in this league. Like a lot, a lot of people call us crazy for considering <laughs> him as a six man. 
Oh yeah, I think that, I think people are just um, putting down votes just to even it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's probably true too. <laughs> it'll be it'll be interesting to see the comments on our on our show when uh when, when this airs because we got a lot we have a lot of mixed bag when it comes to because like you said we I think we mentioned Maxie as a six man we got hate on the show for for saying oh yeah so saying he was a six man yeah, yeah possibility say, of a six man yeah and people viewers didn't like it <laughs> I mean it was just like a lot of people don't understand the six man is in some ways looked at as a starter. Yeah. In some ways, even though he doesn't get his name called out. And a lot of times they play more minutes yeah, uh, in a more important part of the team than a guy that may, maybe one or two guys that start. So I just think they, you know, people just get so caught up in the guy starting mm-hmm. and doesn't understand the, the the value that a guy coming in and and it's how it's schematic almost mm-hmm. in doing that. So when we say a guy isn't a starter, doesn't necessarily mean that he can he ha, he will do less. Sometimes he does more in that in that reserve role because it's you know because he's still playing the same amount of minutes or more that he would play as a starter. So I, I get that, but I do get that people that don't under, really understand that mm-hmm. um, and understand the value of that role and how it's used um, could see differently. And it lets them sometimes excel at what they're good at, right? I mean, if you put Clarkson in the starting lineup. He wouldn't be nearly as effective. He just wouldn't yeah. be. I mean, the the main reason why is when you when you do that, you 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 put them in a position where they kind of some of their minutes aren't played with both, like in our situation, both their minutes aren't played with. I mean, his minutes isn't played with James and Joel all the time. So you mm-hmm. put him in there more minutes when it's just one of those guys. So now instead of maybe being a third option. He's the first or the second option. Yep. Every, almost every time exclusively until maybe the fourth quarter. So that's sort of you're able to bring him in and showcase him or make make give him the ball and let him massage a little bit. And now all of a sudden he's the number one option, number two option where he can come in and you eliminate a lot of that him being in the role of more of a spot up shooter as much. So mm-hmm. that's the thinking. Um, if, you know, people disagree with that. I mean, it's, I get it, but I, don't, I, I get it, but I don't agree with him not being able to excel in that role. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I saw a tweet uh, the other day that said, if a guy like KD becomes available, that's why you, that's why you have messaging that comes out saying that Maxie's virtually untouchable in case a guy like KD comes out because virtually untouchable. Well, no one's untouchable. Yeah. No one's untouchable. Yeah. Yeah, um, but, guys that had no trade clauses have been traded. Yeah, it's true. Um, but I think uh, Maxi has cemented himself in the starting lineup with the trade that we just did last week. So we're going to get into our first topic of the night um, with our who may be our sixth man uh, coming up here. So uh, last week we had the news acquisition of the Sixers. We uh, traded Danny Green in our first round pick for Memphis Grizzlies guard DeAnthony Melton. Melton played college ball at USC. Was drafted in the se- second round by Daryl Morey's Rockets. Um, he spent time in Phoenix after that uh, before being traded to the, the Memphis Grizzlies. Mellon brings a defensive dynamo kind of mentality. Uh, he can do it all in offense. Career 36 point, 36% three-point shooter, which fantastic. I was looking at his numbers. It's great. Um, he's regarded as one of the best, uh, by, by many, as one of the best rebounding guards in the league. Um, so 
Austin, really excited to have him. And also, I love the possibility of having a Melton and Milton backcourt with the uh, with the night shift, with the, the night crew uh, off the bench. So I'm really excited about that. But um, what are your guys' thoughts on the trade and kind of the general D'Anthony Melton thoughts and, on uh, on him? What do you guys think? Well, I mean, I like I like the addition. I mean, I've, um, he did a, a great job when he, you know, he filled in for John Morant for all the games that he missed. Um, he made shots. He made plays. It's tough. He defended. Um, and he and he came from a team that was um, really playing hard and tough and defending and, and have some success. So he's tasted some of the, the playoff success. He's you know he's tasted the uh, the role of coming in and playing behind guys and having to fill in when guys were out. Um, so I think that what well, he's been able to come in and establish himself as an NBA player, we can benefit from because I think I, I kind of say. Well, I kind of see him being in a similar role, very similar role with us. So it's not new. It's not you're not taking the guy and kind of fitting him into a particular role that maybe he had he wasn't accustomed to. Where I think now he's into that same type of role, just a different player, different team. I mean, different team, different, different players and different team, but it's the same role. So that'll bring some form of comfort um, for him going forward. And you know, it's a team that I think um wanted him and I think you know I think his, his he wants that opportunity I, I know you you know guys don't always like to get traded uh, especially when it's a surprise um you know that team was doing well but I think that he can have the same similar success with us um that's really in the same situation as Memphis was trying to compete and 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 not too far away from you know getting to the finals Asia, what did you think about that when you saw that that happen all the way from Hungary? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was setting an alarm almost every like hour to, just to see what was happening. That's a, <laughs> the diehard family out for everyone out there. Um, <laughs> I uh, it's funny. I was talking to a Memphis uh, fan friend of mine, and um, I was selling him on taking uh, Tobias Harris, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah Tobias Harris would fit pretty well with us." I was like, "What would you even want back from that?" I listed Anthony Melton in there. I was like, I'll take Melton. I'll take Melton. I'll take uh, I'll take Derek Brooks or Derek Brooks. I'll take Dylan Brooks. Um, there's a whole bunch of guys we, we consider taking. But um, no, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great trade. It's funny all the guys we've talked about over the last month. We have not mentioned him because um, I, I didn't really think he was available. But, but we did mention the guy. But we did, one thing we did, if I believe right, even if it wasn't on the show, it was maybe one of our other conversations. We did say we need like sort of a guy like the Memphis guys. We did say that. Yes. Yeah. No. No. We, we did. We did. Yeah. We, we just did. didn't name him in particular. Yeah. We, and we didn't think he, any of those guys would even be available. Yeah. No. Maybe it's because they had too many. That's why we call them the Memphis guys. Whenever time you name with a team and say that guys, that means there are too many of them. So, um, no, I think it was a great. I think it was a great move, uh, considering what Maury wants too. I mean, he's been talking about getting back to it being an elite defensive team, and he doesn't want to sacrifice too much offense. Um, I mean, Melton ranked fourth in the deflections per 36 and eighth in steals per 36. Um, I've read not as strong as an on-ball defender, but has the tools to get there. Stronger at cutting off passing lanes. Um, 6'2", so he's not huge, but he's got a 6'8 wingspan. They say he's better at switching maybe on threes, not as much maybe guarding them full-time, but he can do it from time to time. Um, ridiculously athletic. It really helps us because it really – we really did show last year that we were kind of losing some of the athleticism that we once upon a time had. Um, like Marcus said, he's one of the best uh, rebounding guards in the league. I think Zach Glow said that recently on his podcast, maybe the best uh, offensive um, rebounding guard. Um, 
I read that his best offensive pairings came from when he was on the court with Tyus Jones or John Morant. So he's not as strong as a ball handler and best when paired with a primary ball handler. So like we were saying a minute ago with Maxi going to the second unit, you better believe uh, Anthony will come in. Uh, the Anthony Melton will come in and either take over Harden or Maxi's spot. And then they'll kind of alternate that way, which is great because he can nail the three. Um, I read that at the, end of, at the end of the season, when he filled in for John Morant in those, in those games, he averaged 17 points off almost 54% uh, from three off seven attempts per game. So that was nine straight games where he nailed that down. So that wasn't just a fluke. He can do it. I read that he completely rebuilt his shot uh, a few years back. And um, that'll just get better and better as, as it becomes more comfortable with him. Um, if they don't get rid of Thibel, could you play him together? We'll see. Melton definitely has a good enough shot, and Thibel is – well, he's Thibel. But uh, Melton Thibel as your sixth and seventh man would be pretty good defensively. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I want you guys to dispel this notion real fast because some Sixer fans are saying, oh, there we go. We got DeAnthony Melton as our, as our three. It's like, no, just because he has a six-nine wingspan does not make him a three. Um, and I think a lot of people think that's, that's what's going to happen. That's uh, not gonna I didn't see him as a three at all. Okay. Now, um, like like I said, I think there's maybe situations where he could end the game as a three, but that's that's almost like you're playing a team where they're they're kind of small yep. as well. Yeah, um, sure. But I don't I don't know if you can start him there and he can be that guy. But I do believe that there will be times when you have all three of those guards on the court. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I saw that. It's like, oh, we, we got our three now. It's like, no, we don't have our three. Like, that's not. Uh, we're still looking for that. We're, I think we're still looking for that. But it, it, he's a great way to break up the the Maxi Harden. When when one comes off, one's in foul trouble. You put him in there. Good off ball shooter. We don't really miss a beat in that regard. We still have a guy who can defend really well, um, and then still hit shots. Yeah. And then him, him and Milton off the bench, that, that'd be fun. Like, forget the, the, the name duo aspect of it. That, that, that's amazing. But, like, I think that those two complement each other well uh, come off the bench as, as the one and two yeah. there. Um, yeah, because you know, Jake is your fourth guard. He's, he's yeah. proven that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, Milton wasn't a natural uh, point guard. He's kind of developed that coming up from coming out of college. And you got the two guys who are both co- kind of combo guards. Who, point guards not their primary thing, but they can you know they bounce off each other with Milton and Milton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially with uh, Milton being more of the uh, ball handler. I will say good luck listening on the radio to Sixer games because you're not going to know if Milton or Melton scores. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, just doing a little background about uh, uh, Melton. He actually was recruited to play the high school. I forgot what the high school was in California. But he was recruited to play there for play football, uh, play their freshman year, had nine touchdowns, and then like went uh, and then he went to uh, as a freshman, played varsity basketball. And that was it. Most of his family thought he was going to play, uh, go collegiate in football, but he ended up staying in basketball. Um, and then uh, actually well, he wore number zero for Gilbert Arenas, because I guess he grew up in the same area as Gilbert Arenas. So that's why he wore number zero, um, and, you know, agent zero. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know what number he's going to wear when he comes to Philly, but uh, apparently number 22 was his first number in high school. So if we do get rid of Thibault, maybe 22 becomes his number. I don't, I don't know. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, hey, he's trying to get rid of guys and give him his number already. <laughs> yeah. well, no, I'm saying this is the number. numbers he can choose, man. <laughs> well, he wore th- he wore 14 as well, and that just has a lot of numbers, man. You'd be okay. He can pick a number, man. <laughs> you don't have to get rid of a guy to get somebody a number. 
No, I'm saying if we get rid of Thibault, he could get his, his 22 back. But, uh, you know, I don't think we're I, – I, I, that's Tasia's job. I, I, I want to keep Thibault. This guy wants him out. Well, I mean, it looks like he's, it's kind of becoming your job, no? Yeah, I think after last episode, I think after last episode, I cleared my name in the Thibault business. I didn't close up shop. I mean, he's virtual, uh, virtually uh, untouchable. How about that? <laughs> yeah, he was number 14 for a little bit, but he said there was no rhyme or reason for number 14. He said he just picked it and, you know well, – you can, you can go back to that rhyme or reason again because the 14 just opened up. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, okay, so our next topic, um, you know, we talked about the, the three position. Um, and, you know, uh, last week after our show aired, this rumor kind of sparked all over the place um, was that we are interested in making a serious push for P.J. Tucker. Uh, many believe after our trade for Melton, we were kind of done pursuing Tucker, that that wasn't going to work contractually. Uh, but NBA insider Mark Stein doubled down on the P.J. Tucker report, saying rival executives believe more than ever that P.J. Tucker will sign a three-year, $30 million deal with the Sixers. Uh, and also in the report, uh, Harden could opt, uh, possibly opt out and sign a team-friendly deal in order to help facilitate the signing of his friend P.J. Tucker. So there's a lot of it's a mixed bag on this online. Um, so I want to ask you ask you guys, how do you feel about giving a 37 year old a three year deal in PJ Tucker, Eric? Well, I mean, I, I, to me, the three year deal matters the most if in, in that third year. Um, and, and when I say that third year is like having him go past a Joel or you know James contract. I think if he's before that, I think you can work it. I mean, I think maybe the, I, would, I, could, I would believe that that third year is, is some non-guarantees in there. Um, I, I can see that happening, but, you know, it's, it's a mid-level. I mean, it's a mid-level, and I'm not necessarily looking at the age as much as I'm looking at the last two years he's helped teams um, win a championship and almost get to the finals. So I, I'm looking at – the production, what he's done, and what he's able to give to our team, I think he's worth a mid-level. He, he's proven it the last couple of seasons. I, I believe that he's worth it. I think people are looking at the three-year deal, um, and I understand that at that age, but I do think from the production standpoint, um, for what you would want in that role and that, you know, that, that level, he, he, he fits it. I just – I would have to maybe have some consideration with that third year, in, in, in my opinion. But I do see him definitely worth, worth you know, that mid-level for one or two years for sure. Tage, what do you think about P.J. Tucker? I know, I know you're a big fan, so here we go. I've gotten so many arguments with people on Twitter already about this. People are making a big deal about $10 million a year. Heat are offering him nine a year. So that's what the rumor is. Three years, 27 million. They're offering him nine. You can't offer him the same to come over here. You have to offer him a little more. And what's that million going to get you? Who's the million? Well, what is this gross overpay of one extra million that you can't even get anyone with? So what, what's the big deal? I don't understand. It's not our money, as, as the famous saying goes. You pay him one more million and you get the guy you really want. But if you don't do that and you say and you, you tell fans, well, you know, we would have given him nine, but 10 is just way too much. So we have to settle for another guy that we really don't want that badly. That's when you get booed. There's no gross overpay with one more million. If that's what Pat Riley thinks he's worth and we're giving him one more million, I'm OK with that. 
I trust Pat and I trust Daryl, two of the better basketball heads in the NBA. If they think he's worth that range, then that's fine. I do agree with Eric, and I've said this too. I'm hoping that third year is a little, you know, uh, less guaranteed than the other ones. Um, but if, if I, the rumors are correct, Harden's going for a three-year, pretty much a three-year deal, either whether it's an opt-in or two, or he opts out and goes for three. It's a three-year. That, that's the window with this team, more or less, unless it's like they do all do a one-year deal after that. So if it's a three-year window and Tucker's your guy to, to, to be the three and give us what we need, then do it. I, I just don't see, you know, as far as the Harden part, I mean, if he, if he does the whole opt-out and does the shorter-term deal – uh, he's a thousand percent all in for taking this seriously and winning. That would show me everything if he does that. That would really surprise me. And he really wants his guy here, not only because it's his friend. That's ridiculous that people were saying that, but because that's what they need. And they said that right after it ended. And everyone's making jokes about like, oh, well, he uh, he killed the Sixers. Well, of course you want the guy that killed you when you're playing in the park and the guy does you up all game. You want to be on his team eventually. I mean, you want to partner with him, right? Isn't that what we do nowadays in the modern NBA? Partner with the guy that beat you, <clears throat> Durant. Uh, I mean, that's what you do. That's what happens. So I'm, I'm totally I'm totally okay with it. I, I mean, are there better options possibly for giving up assets? Sure. But for not giving up an asset and then get, and getting him, if Harden just takes less, it's a win. Yeah. hundred percent. And, you know, I got to say, you know, a lot of people say, oh, we're not, we're not trying, we're not doing enough to help Embiid out. Embiid explicitly said after that we lost the Miami Heat, we talked about what does this team need? He said, we need guys like uh, PJ Tucker. I mean, he literally said to him and he gave a bunch of reasons why we need PJ Tucker type, right? There's not many PJ Tucker types in the league, right? And, and when you're saying the guy by name, it's like, okay, well, Embiid likes him. Maury kind of resurrected his career in Houston with Tucker. Let's bring it, let's bring it back to, to, to Philly and, you know, and help Embiid out. Like everyone always says, the end of the goal is we don't want to waste Embiid's prime. If Embiid's pinpointing a player that he wants, let's bring him in, you know. It's kind of where I stand with it. Yeah, I think it's a no, I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's, it's exactly what we need. He out-rebounded, I, I, I tweeted a stat recently. He, he was the second, he would have, I think he out-rebounded all of our starters in two games in the playoffs. He shot like 54% or fit over around 50% against us from three in the playoffs. Like, mm. yeah, Doc Rivers and Maury saw it front and center why they want him. They, they, they saw that. Now, I'd like another – we're going to talk about this. I'd like another guy so we don't run him ragged during the season because I want him fresh, especially with those 37, 38, and 39-year-old legs. I want – so that, that becomes a priority too. Don't run him ragged during the season. Yeah. Another thing about Tucker, he, he can guard – I've seen him guard one, one through five. I mean, he can guard, he can guard anything. And yeah. he's, he's 37 to doing it. So it's like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like the people are, are getting so wrapped up in the, in the age aspect they're forgetting what he did and what he did to us in the playoffs this year. So mm-hmm. um, I think people, people are trying to liken the signing of, of Horford to uh, signing a PJ Tucker because because t- t- Horford dominated us back in the day. We wanted to get him on the team and then that didn't work out. That's, that's, that's a legit concern. That's a, that's a legit concern for people, um, you know. But I, I just think that um, PJ's role would be smaller and the expectations that you have for Al, um, you know, were different, you know, starter behind or Joel, where I think PJ would be more of a 3 and D, off rebound, hit the corner three, defend. It's, it's a more restricted role, and it's a role that we've seen him star in. 
you know, he's not a star, but he's a star in his role. So, so I, and I think that that's a role that's necessary for us. Um, and, and, and he, and he doesn't have to necessarily, he doesn't necessarily stack with other players, meaning he, him and Tobias can play together. Him and, you know, Matisse can play together. So he, he he's not a guy that, you know, you, you don't want to play with certain guys that's already on the team. So he, he fits. Yeah. But I do understand why people would say that. That's, that's very legit concern. Let me ask you guys a question real fast. So if Harden, would you guys give Harden one more year if he agreed to a lower amount per season? That's like a four-year deal? Like a three-year like three guaranteed, maybe fourth team option or something? If it's, I mean, I would – if I'm an executive, no, I'm, I'm going for the three. A um, three with three at more money each season. No, I'm just saying I, the three-year deal that we talked about, yeah, I would, I would stick with three, and then you can always do um, one-year deals after that. Yeah, no, I would love a three-year at less money too. But if it, if it was like – if he's his guy, his representation said, we'll go four years at way less money to fit Tucker in – or but we want or we want three years with you know would that would that four year go past Joel? How many years does Joel have? I need to see. You can't go past him, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true too. All right. Are you, are you looking it up, Tasia? Are you looking up the uh, Joel and Beats contract? I am looking it up. I got it right here. We should all know this. this is our lifeline for the next few years. Um, <laughs> 22. Uh, yeah, it w- I mean, it would go beyond that, though. But if you don't think they're going to lock Joel up for another, I mean. You, you can't go past Joel, though. You can't. Do I don't it. think Joel is going anywhere, though. Let's be it honest. It doesn't matter, though. To me, you can't. You can't have a contract, especially a bigger contract, that goes past his current one. Oh, no, it's not. Sorry. His extension goes beyond that. Oh, estimate. Okay. So technically it would, but. Then, then I would say, no, you can't do it. Wait, so, so when, when is uh, Joel's. Uh... But, but if they're planning on giving James three, they're obviously planning on extending Joel. I don't think. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's going to be. I, I get it. We, we would think that, but they haven't. So <laughs> until then you have to operate on this current deal. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, okay. So the, the next topic um, is kind of playing on this whole Tucker idea because it's a lot of the camps. If we do get Tucker, maybe people don't think we're going to get Tucker. So look at the other obstacle. If we don't get Tucker, if that, that, that three year 30 thing doesn't happen. Um, if we don't end up with Tucker, the other reporters of the Sixers are, are not going to dump players. So the whole to, to create cap space. So that's not going to happen for the uh, full non taxpayer mid level exception. Um, and by the way, this whole non taxpayer level mid level exception stuff and MLE, all that stuff, just like, I, I gotta do so much research, like looking this stuff up. What this actually means? Um, that, that's just I think that's just the whole MLE and NTMLE stuff. Uh, but um, some of the targets that were, were, were mentioned as guys we're looking, we're gonna look at as far as we couldn't get a Tucker type. Um, and these are the kind of the twos and threes. And I kind of mixed up with the twos and threes, and then the, the bigs that we we look at um, for the NTL MLE and the MLE stuff. But um, Caleb Martin, Gary Harris, Otto Porter, Torian Prince, Amir Coffee. Jeremy Lamb and Daniel House were the kinds of two, threes of realistic guys that we could sign for for uh, for that. Um, and then the bigs that would be uh, on a vet minimum. Uh, you got Serge Ibaka, uh, Hartenstein, which I'm a big fan of Hartenstein, McGee, Hassan Whiteside, Drummond, and LaMarcus Aldridge. 
Um, and this is obviously if we don't get the Tucker, if Tucker doesn't come to uh, Philly. Uh, but all those targets, which are guys you'd say like, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind that on the squad if he couldn't land PJ Tucker. Is it a choice between the wings or the bigs? Or can you get one of each? <laughs> one of each. Maybe one of each. Although yeah, I don't think all those yeah. I don't think all those bigs will be on vet men's, but yeah. Yeah. Um for the wings, though, I think that you know, you know, you think of like Gary, he's more of a two than a three. Yeah. Um, I, um and you know, obviously he's a Spartan, so I like him. I just I just think if with the addition of Melton, you probably mm. want to lean more towards a true three than maybe a true two. Um, you know, because that's someone that could eventually start for you, um, you know. So, as far as the bigs, that one's interesting. I mean, you you want someone that's maybe brings a different intangible. You, you look at McGee; he's played different places, but he has had some success and he has helped some teams win. Yeah, um, I know, can't see. Him, I can't see him leaving Phoenix though. Yeah, I think he he's there, especially with Aiden's situation. Um, especially I'm not certain on the big like I, I I I think it's it's such a stretch you know with the big and and and, and then you look and you say well you know what are, what are they going to give us that's maybe better than our young fellows um, or different um, I guess you know you know you can always have one that's, that's rebounding but that one <laughs> I mean, if I had to, I mean, I would say McGee, Hardenstein, just a little different from what we've had um, on the bigs. I mean, I mean, on the wings, I would say one of the guys that are maybe a little bigger. I mean, I'll take Gary because he's a Spartan. Um, no one because of that. But the other ones, I, I think you, I would, with the addition, like I said, addition middle, I would lean towards having a, a bigger three that maybe at times can slide to the four if necessary. Yeah. Yep. I'm right there with you on that. Um, I have a big Gary Harrison, but again, yeah, I have the same note. Uh, I think he's more of a, a two. Um, I like Porter Prince and house. Cause I think they fit that bigger three role. Um, I think I'm, I think I'm a partial to house. I, he digs in defensively. He can hit the three he can guard threes, sometimes guard fours, giving him more defensive versatility. Um, so they really yeah. don't think we rock his Northeast with, with, with the addition of house and Tucker. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> that's another thing too. He had he, he has best years with Houston and Harden. He, uh, he went from eighteen to twenty from eight, not, 2018 to twenty. He averaged ten and four off thirty seven percent from three, um, and he started eighty eight at one hundred thirty eight games. And he played twenty eight minutes a game, so he he came out of nowhere and just took that role. So I think he'd come right in and contribute. Um, I, I wouldn't mind a few of those guys we listed, but I I, I think I'm a big house fan as far as bigs go aldridge is a very popular choice on twitter people love to see to get that offensive big off the uh off the bench and i mean yeah i mean i get i see why i mean he he is a he can score the ball um yeah i'm just not i don't know as far as health wise like how healthy yeah right now like, that would probably be my only concern like I, I just don't know i know he was out and he came back um, I thought he played well when, when he had some time with, with the um, with the Nets. But if we're just talking about from a skill and talent standpoint, that's a no-brainer. The guys are 
you know, really that close to him from that standpoint. Yeah, um, yeah. So I say Whiteside gives. But us I do not think that he can play with Joel. He can't play with Joel. Um, but he can definitely play behind him, and and you can give him the basketball. Yep. So, and but that's if do we want to play like that? We don't know. Yeah. Um. I think Whiteside gives us the rebounding and blocks that we'd want that we we've been accustomed to looking for when Joel's off the uh, floor, kind of like the, the the Howard and the Drummond, um, Hartenstein rebounding and improved shot, and Maury drafted him, so it still falls under the check. Houston, uh, Houston, Philly. I think the one thing um, that um, Hartenstein kind of gives you, if we're looking for it, it gives you a little something different than those other guys. Cause I coached against Hardenstein house and all of those guys. Hardenstein gives you a lot of the pick and roll lob threat. Um, that's, that's something that I think out of all the people we named is probably one thing that he does better than all of those guys. Um, and sometimes that's what you need is, is, is a guy to even, so if they're doubling or James or Maxi are coming off screens and he's able to dive and shrink that defense, I mean, that can help you. I mean, so that is yeah. one intangible I think that um, is important because we don't we don't really uh, we may have that and read some other guys, um, but we have him who's proven that that's what type of player he is in the league. He's improved, improved his shot a lot too. Yeah. So. Uh, and well, the post draft talk. I mean, I know when you talk when you hear execs talk, not all the time they you know they actually mean what they say, but it sounds like they are kind of. Kind of kind of big fan of the, the bigs they have in in house already with Bassey and, and Paul Reed going into next year. Yeah. You yeah. That? We also picked up the yeah, that's what I said it, it kind of depends on how how they are with who's already there. I mean that's that matters. Yeah. Yeah I don't know. I I I still think Doc's gonna want a uh a vet a vet big man. He'll want a vet big man if he don't think the young guys can play. So yeah. if you see vet big mans, it's because they're having a concern about something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's usually the case. Yeah. I learned that when I was a young guy in the league, when I was coming back as GP's um, reserve and Nate was coming back and Nate was injured. And I'm like, okay, if Nate don't play, I got my um, minutes. And then they went out and got Greg Anthony. Uh, <laughs> so oh, man. that right there was my wake up call. They're like, no, nah, they, it depends on the coach, like, uh-huh. and they use Greg Anthony to get me to sign. Like, if you don't come back, you know, if you don't sign, we're gonna get Greg Anthony. But they ended uh-huh. up signing them anyway, <laughs> and he played more than me. Uh-huh. So you know, I was the young, I was like, like my second year, or whatever, second third year. So, um, so I do know, and it was that um, George Carl just wanted a more veteran president. I know it was different back then. It was. A more veteran league, um, but but that's real though. That is real. And, and yeah. Doc is old school like that too. That is, that's real. Doc likes his yeah. best. Um, I, I don't even know. I think I've read recently that Hartenstein probably won't even that min might not be enough for him. He might he might actually get a MLE out of someone. Interesting. Um, is there a rule? Someone on a YouTube commented saying that there might be a rule that you cannot pick up a guy you just traded the year prior. There has to be a year gap before picking up a player that you just traded. Is that true? I, I didn't look it up, but it, it, it was interesting because uh, we, we talked about Drummond like two weeks ago. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but if I 
if if I had to guess, I would say maybe during the current year, but not the next year. Okay, that would be um, that would make more sense. Yeah, maybe during the current year you, mm. you can't do it, but um, but I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I th- I know that it, it was a rule that you had to do it like within a certain amount of time, and I think it was like that was more like um, that rule. If we're talking about the same rule, it was more about preventing you from trading a guy and then re-signing him for the playoffs. Mm, right. Yeah. If, if we're talking about the same rule, then then yeah. yes, it was like during that season, if you you can't really sign a the guy, there's certain rules of why how or why you can sign a guy to get him back for a playoff run. So people were trading people. What they used to do is to trade a guy, get a guy, already have a deal with the team that they're going to let him go. And then they cut the guy that you traded, then you get him back. So now you got the guy you traded for and the guy you traded. Okay. So it kind of removed that kind of thing that was happening. So that's why I said, if if I had to guess, I would say only in the current season. Okay. Not necessarily to next season. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That, that, That makes more sense. Are you looking at Aptasia? Uh, trying to, yeah. That might be hard to look up, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I like all the bigs that we got there. Uh, JaVale McGee was also part of the process. That'd be kind of cool bringing JaVale McGee back to be a backup for a team that's contending versus being a process era Sixers. That'd be that'd be interesting. Um, yeah, and also, you know, we, we talked about Gary Harris there, Eric. We uh, You probably saw we picked up Cassius Winston to be on our summer league teams. So there's our Spartan right there, so maybe. Ooh. Maybe he makes a squad. Hopefully. They can play. I mean, I mean, Cash is – I mean, what he did at Michigan State, I'm surprised that he hadn't had a, a true shot yet. So, hopefully, uh, maybe this is, you know, something he can do. I'm not sure that how how possible that could be with, um, you know, we drafted a young guy last season mm-hmm. at the same position. But, you know, maybe, you know, Doc's a guard, so maybe he likes to carry yeah. an extra guard. Uh, we're pretty packed. We're pretty packed at guard right now, for yeah, sure. Especially with James. Sometimes you know, coaches like to you know, especially when you have James who's older, you like to carry an extra guard just from the standpoint of practice and rotations, and so you don't. If you're pulling him back, you still have someone else to kind of step in, fill in there in that in that position. Yeah. Now I was yeah. surprised they really never got any playing time with uh, the Wizards. You know, they've been kind of, you know. Mediocre yeah. last year. I thought they were going to give him a little. And I knew that they were high on him too. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. There's been some changes over there. And, you know, you have Russ one year and different years. And yeah. you know, on the Russ to new game, new coaches. And so you just never know. Well, it gives you more of a reason to watch the if, – if he, if he makes our team and maybe goes to our blue coats, more reason to watch the blue coats, Aaron Henry and uh, and uh, Cassius potentially. <laughs> I follow my Spartans all the time. <laughs> the MSU East. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, did you, did you ever find that answer, Taser, or no? No, trying. I'm guessing that's maybe not a, a rule then. I don't know. Um, but okay. So assuming we do not get PJ Tucker, um, this is something that everyone's talking about. We know we, we mentioned Matisse. Uh, Matisse trade has been on a, pretty much a segment on the show for the last month. Um, so, cause it's, it still might happen. Um, but, uh, some trades have been mentioned uh, through Bleacher Report and other websites, and even a fan, uh, a, a subscriber of ours, uh, had, uh, mentioned a trade as far as clearing up the uh, the number the, our three position with a Matisse trade if we do not get a PJ Tucker deal done. Um, so here are the, the the trades that I have for you guys. I want to know your feedback on this. Um, so Nasir Little 
for uh, Matisse was a trade that that our um, Liam Carp, uh, one of our subscribers, said that he'd be interested to see what you guys thought on that one. But then the other trades were Matisse and Ferk for Royce O'Neal from Utah, and Matisse and Ferk and Jaden Springer for KCP with the Wizards, and then Matisse and Ferk for Jay Crowder, who um, is believed that believed to be shopping him. Phoenix is shopping Jay Crowder, which would be an interesting one if we don't get Tucker. So of those, which one do you think would be more impactful for our team? Jay Crowder. Quick answer. That was quick. Yeah. Uh, you he think play, he could play? He could play the four, play a three. He can make a three. Tough defend. What you trying to do? You are trying to win right now? Yeah. And plus, that, that, that he, he of those guys, he brings the most like PJ Tucker esque kind of mentality. Yeah, very similar. And younger too, I believe, by a couple of years. Yeah, he's younger. Yeah. Tej, what, what do you? I know, I know you've been big on KCP. I know you've been big on Royce O'Neal. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, on all these guys? Um, I think. Sorry, Liam. I think Little's too close to to what we have in Matisse already. Is that is that really an upgrade? I mean, he averaged ten and six, shot thirty three percent from three. He's twenty two, so he will improve. I, I hear him on that, but Matisse is also young. Uh, he's cheap at $4 million and $6 million in the next two years. I just don't know if we're going to give Matisse getting another kind of unproven player with a questionable three-point shot. That's, I'm not as big into that. Um, I'm a, I, you're right. I'm a huge Royce O'Neal fan. I like Royce O'Neal a lot. I, I, think, um, I think you're giving up less assets that way, too. I mean, he's 29. He's a Tucker type. Gives exactly what we need. Good defender. Guards three, guard three and fours. A dog type. Uh, hits 38% from three the last four seasons. Um, pretty friendly team contract the next few years, a 9.3 a season the next two. Um, KCP would be a great get. I think he would also fill it. His contract's a little more, though. I think like five five more than than uh, his. We have to give him more assets for him, and we're already you know teetering on not being a deep team. So um, Crowder, I wouldn't complain about either, but I think, to be fair, Suns are trying to shed salary, so I don't know if they want to just do an even swap for salary. Um, but yeah, he would definitely, I mean, definitely fill what we need with uh, that Tucker type of guy. He's he's in that that area of player. Royce O'Neal, I would, I'm okay with that one too. Yeah, and he's used to being on a team just with a bunch of guys who can get the ball in the bucket too. So he's not going to come here and expect to be anything. He fits, more a, he fits a role. I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Now, would you guys – this is a question. Let's say it becomes down to a Tucker, Crowder, Royce O'Neal. Would you guys prefer any of those other two to, to P.J. Tucker, or do you think P.J. Tucker is kind of the, 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 the one we're aiming for than, than, than just the rest? Problem is, that- is it's, it's, it's Tucker and Matisse, though, right, because we have to give up assets to get those guys. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah so Tucker, you say Tucker and Tucker Matisse you- and Ferk or Royce O'Neal? Tucker, Matisse, and Ferk, right? Yes. That, that, you know. So that's the difference is that you're not giving up anything from a standpoint. Like those, so a free agent versus a trade are, are different. So you have to go with that because of that. Now, if it was all trades, then you can look at it differently. Yeah. And look at all those guys, by the way. Most of them, I mean, the Royce O'Neal makes about 9.3 a season the next two years. Jay Crowder in that same range, I think nine something. KCP makes 14. Everyone's complaining about Tucker. Again, go back to this. 
10 a year. Come on. That's the going rate. That's the going rate for that the guy. Level rate. That's, that's where, that's what those. Yeah. But, but I mean, I think people's argument with that's the age aspect. If Tucker is 34 and we're offering him a three or $30 million, I don't think people are going to be pissed off about that. He's no. playing at a high level. He's playing at that level right now though. You know, he's not slowing down. Tucker also wasn't like a full, I mean, how many years has Tucker? It's like Tucker's been like the guy on a team. He wasn't James Harden for his He team. came into the league later. Yeah. He's, he's got some more years I think the normal guy would have. If you take a, I mean, a casual fan, they would never guess Tucker's 37. I mean, he, he's in great shape. He, he looks great for his age. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, but uh, but you do get the concern, though. <laughs> like I said, like I, I do get it. I, I get it. I do now, get it. And now, I get the but, for comparison, but but he's not. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if 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 you're saying all things are equal, then yes, I think that Royce O'Neal and Jay Crowder probably become more attractive. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think that the PJ Tucker's deal is coming in because maybe those guys aren't available. Exactly. In the, in the well, same way, in the same fashion. I heard O'Neal uh, is, but and to be able to keep your same team in contact, I mean, in you know the same way, I don't think that those guys would be available like PJ is. But I think if they were all, if you're choosing between those three to just come in and join the team, yeah, and you look at his age and you may stack them, you may choose differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd say even for like a three-year championship window, you'd still have Royce O'Neal over. Tucker for just three years of championship uh, uh, chasing. Me, mm-hmm. like, yes, and 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 part of it is because we have Tobias. I think Royce is a better complement to Tobias than PJ. For now, I'm just <laughs> saying. Now well, we I only speak about now. I don't. I can't speak about what we might have. That's true. But Maury's been Maury's been trying to trade Tobias since the moment he signed his contract. Okay? And he has. And he has <laughs> that's right but every every year he gets closer because yeah. his contract gets closer to finish <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. so that gives us you know this year it, it, it would be different so I, I don't see it happening yeah there, i read tobias as he was one of the, the hoops type trade rankings he was 72 overall out of the top 100 trade assets in the nba so we'll see what he is next year with only one year remaining on that giant contract yeah um and I'm curious to see where this guy is with our last topic here is uh, Gordon Hayward. Uh, so now the Hornets are trying to uh, get rid of Hayward. And I think he has a very similar type contract to Tobias. Um, no, it's nine million. I think it's eight or nine million less. Right. Uh, so a lot of people think everyone's trying to make up these trades and what the Hornets can do to get, to get rid of uh, the Hayward contract. So a lot of um, websites have come up with these trades. Uh, and the one I've seen the most is if the Sixers traded Harris and Furk for Gordon Hayward and PJ Washington, they'd save about eight million dollars and clear enough spe- cap space for PJ Tucker. So we end up getting Tucker in, in that scenario. Um, so the question here is: uh, Would you guys really have Hayward, PJ Tucker, and PJ Washington, or Harris and a mid-level exception player like Daniel House? If that if it came if it came to that, it's a great question. It really is. Um, if you know, saying it right now, I would say I would take the trade. Yeah, I'll take the trade and at and PJ. You have we'll have two PJs, but um, we can figure <laughs> that out. <laughs> two, two PJs, Milton Melton. <laughs> yeah, <too bad. laughs> Again, but, good luck listening on the radio, man. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, so it'll be Tucker in Washington. But yes, I would probably I would take that one. 
uh, especially if Gordon's deal was similar to Tobias and less. And the, the years, years, years are different. The years are similar, and then the years are exact. Two more years, but uh, I think it's thirty-one million. Yeah, I would years. do that. I would probably do that one. You know, I've known PJ since he was in middle school, so um, maybe a little biased because of that. But um, yes, I would. PJ Washington. <laughs> I've known since middle school. Not PJ Tucker. I was going to ask you to clarify. We had to do that now. We have these guys. Remember? Yeah, yeah, not PJ Tucker. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I probably would do that. And, and it, because I think that being able to sign a full mid level kind of helps. Even yeah. if you don't get a PJ Tucker, you may get someone similar. I take it for you. It's really a three for two when you think about it, when you're getting another guy when you're opening up that, uh, that full mid-level. Um, if we're getting three, three big, strong, big, level, big rotational players for our team, I think you do it. I think obviously Tobias is better than Hayward. There's no question there. He's way more healthy. I mean, Tobias has been an Ironman for this. For everything else said, not performing as well as he makes in the money department. He plays, man. He plays every time. Um, Hayward, the opposite. He's Mr. Glass, but getting Hayward and two PJs can cut down on – we can cut down on Gord's minutes a little bit, uh, hopefully lowering the probability of injuries. I looked into his uh, last three seasons. So last three seasons, Hayward averaged 18, 6, and 4 on almost 40% shooting from three on 33 minutes per game. It's pretty good. Uh, it's very Tobias-ish, actually. Um, he played an average of 48 games per year through those three years. 52 was his max. Um, it's like early uh, Joel. Now, if you look at the year before in Boston, he came off the bench and averaged 26 minutes. So they tried to limit his minutes in order to get him play more. It worked. He played 72 minutes, uh, 72 games that year. Not a coincidence. But his points per game went down to almost 12. So – Somewhere in between there would be the happy medium. Give him like, you know, 29 minutes a game, maybe get his games played to like 65 and no injuries. But again, you add in Tucker, what he provides, you had in Washington, who's averaged 12 and six on 38 from three the last three years, three years. The one thing about PJ Washington is I think that he's a guy you could play with Joel a little bit and you can play behind him. Yeah. Yeah, you could. I can make a shot. So I, I that helps. We have a lot of different lineups to throw in there if you add pj pj yeah. gordon at that point you can get very versatile lineups um but yeah again man you you know pj pj and hayward with those rotations and you got stew you got stew coming yeah. so as a starting five you know um harden maxi um and then hayward at the three tucker at the four and beat at five is that you guys go that would, that would be it right tucker be the four now you can start pj watch yeah, I, I I would say what they're going to promise Tucker is that he's starting. Yeah. Um, so that might get a little tough. You might – I mean, you could go PJ and PJ. I mean, you might want to bring – again, do what Boston did, bring him off the bench and lower his minutes. It just depends. You could do a lot of different things. Um, let's go ahead and plan for at least 20 to 25 games Hayward's going to be out. So <laughs> those are 25 games that both PJs will be starting. So – I think you can go all over the place with those lineups. I, I think you can, you know, mishmash all kinds of stuff there. Yeah. And that's a, that's a sexy bench with Melton, Milton, and, uh, and Hayward. And Hayward came off the bench. I, that's, that's, and, that's, and, and, and Matisse. And Matisse, yeah, that's, that's nine deep right there. That's, that's, a, that's nice. yeah. It's a, 
we go, we go to being a very, very deep team and still top heavy. Yep. You, you still have the, the Maxi Harden uh, um, Embiid. Yeah. And you have, you know, Hayward's, let's say 16 points a game. Forget eight, forget 18 to 20. Let's mm-hmm. say 15, 16. That's fine. Yeah. It's a nice mix for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. I can't, believe, I can't believe we just lobbied for Gordon Hayward, but you know what? We're here and uh, we were just asked the question. It was, <laughs> yeah, a right. it was a hypothetical question. That's all it was. Hey, hypothetical. Well, I, heard I heard they were dying to get rid of him. I heard they were attaching, I don't know if it's true. They heard they were attaching a first to get rid of him. Mm. So oh, I would definitely do that, right? PJ, PJ. Yeah, I'd, ra- I'd rather have PJ Washington the first, but yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I think just a little while ago, um, their GM talked about making sure they keep uh, Bridges uh, for a long time. They're going to do whatever they have to do to, to keep him. But I also rather knock it off from the max, too. So I don't know what that means. It's a lot of, a lot of double talk in the next uh, few weeks. means he's about to go shopping. So he's, what it means. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. That does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Believe in 76ers presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week as we talk about the, the first few days of free agency. I guess what free agency begins on the 1st, July 1st? That- yeah, believe it. No, uh, 20, the 28th, I believe, right? No, no, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. 28th is today. What am I talking about? Uh, yeah. The 1st. That's 1st, you're right. That's Friday or Thursday? Sorry, I'm mixing up my day. I believe, and I believe it starts yeah. at night, midnight on Thursday, I believe. Yeah, so far. East Coast, so I think on the West Coast, it'll still be Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It used to be like that. I don't. We had to look that up. I, I thought it was. I thought it was late in the afternoon. Free agents. Well, that means we'll be hearing a lot. A lot about the deals that's going to be taking place on Friday, Thursday afternoon. That's what. That, that's what that means. <laughs> Actually, it says six p.m. on June thirtieth. Yeah, Thursday. That's what I thought. Right. Yeah. So Thursday later. Yeah. So even better. At three p.m. on Thursday, we'll start to hear some deals that are going to be uh, announced in three hours after that. So. It's been quiet so far, so yeah, that, that should start to break up really soon. You know, the sources, they got to break the news, so they, we're going to hear it before then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though they're not supposed to be talking. Yeah, of course <laughs> not. But, I, but, you know, but before we go, I think with um, Miami Chicago losing those picks, you won't hear it as much this year. That's true. And I forgot about them until the draft, and they ended at 58. I was yes. like, 58? What the hell? Yeah. What happened? You won't hear it as much this year. Yeah, but but as you said, like, like you said, three p.m. Western. Yeah, yep. you'll hear. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. But we'll see you guys next week, and hopefully, there's uh, we make some big splashes in in, in between then. So, we'll All see right, you thank you. Next Tuesday. All right, guys. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.